Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 152. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary, going to be hanging out with you. We're going to go into offensive coordinator updates and takes because that, I'm sure, is going to be a huge talking point for this team right now as they try to figure out what their plan is there after they can Mike LaFleur last week. We're going to talk about the wild card games and just the playoffs in general and of course get into your voicemails. But before that, we have some breaking news from Manscaped. Oh goodness gracious. Now they sell beard products too. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing Men's grooming with the brand new beard hedger from a beard trim to a fresh shave. The technology behind the beard hedger allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using my promo code JETS20. That is J-E-T-S-2-0 for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's beard hedger. Pick yourself up one. Why not? You owe it to yourself. All right, let's talk about these offensive coordinators. Oh, my goodness gracious. How many guys were put on this list for who the Jets are potentially in on? I'm going to talk through each one of the candidates. I've I've talked about a few, I would say maybe even most, but I think it's good to get it all in one place and just give you an overview with where the Jets are at so far. The first two guys that I want to actually talk about are people who haven't interviewed yet, but are people that I think the Jets should be interested in, and that is Todd Munkin and Byron Leftwich. Ironically, both spent time as offensive coordinators for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So with Todd Munkin, He is currently the offensive coordinator at Georgia, and if you aren't familiar, I could understand why some might say, oh, no, I'm all set on the college guys. I don't want to go the college route. I want a guy who's been in the pros and had success in the pros. Well, Munkin has had both. One, he did a great job with Georgia the last few years, but he did have success with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, and the offense there. If you remember, he was a head coaching candidate for the New York Jets around the same time when they hired Adam Gase uh, before the 2019 season, that was um, really one of the candidates that I was very high up on my list. It was Munkin, Kingsbury, and Rule. And as we know, Kingsbury and Rule did not work out. Munkin never got that head coaching job. Uh, But I would say that his offenses have still been pretty solid. I would say pretty solid. So uh, where what he was able to do uh, with the offense For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2016, they were 18th in points, 18th in yards. Keep in mind his quarterbacks for that year. uh, He was starting uh, Jameis Winston, uh, who had 18 interceptions that year. Was that his rookie year? No, that was his sophomore year. That was sophomore year Jameis Winston. Okay. And then uh, he followed that up with a uh, much improved performance the following year. Um, I was impressed with his uh, ninth in yards, 18th in points, then up to three, third in yards, 12th in points there. So he his offenses, they've been able to move the ball. 2019 went off the rails with that was the Freddie Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens year in uh, Cleveland. He was the OC there, but a fall guy. But he's just had a ton of experience at, at, at both the collegiate level. And the NFL level. He was a wide receivers coach with the Jacksonville Jaguars from 07 to 2010. 
He was the uh, quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator at Oklahoma State in 2011 and 12. Head coach at Southern Mississippi from 2013 to 2015 before he took over as the Tampa Bay Bucks offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach. And uh, yeah, I, I like him. I definitely think he would be someone that I would go in on. The problem there is he is going to cost you a pretty penny. I believe he is making $2 million a year to be the offensive coordinator at Georgia. Woody Johnson, throw the bag. Throw the bag. You say money's not a, a, an object when you're trying to talk about the, the quarterback? Okay, that that's true. Unfortunately, there's a salary cap in the NFL. where It's not capped at how much money you could throw at these coaches. So throw the money at him if you think he's the guy. I like Munkin. As for Byron Leftwich, people are going to point out and say, well, he had Tom Brady. How easy could that job be? And Bruce Arians was there, but he was the play caller in Tampa Bay from 2019 to this year. And his offenses were still really impressive. I think his most impressive job was actually in 2019 when uh, he had Jameis Winston at quarterback who threw 30 interceptions, 30 interceptions, and he still had the third overall offense in terms of both yards and points. Uh, Again, did Bruce Arians heavily influence that? Probably. He did probably have some influence on it, but... Arian speaks so highly of Byron Leftwich. He wanted him to get so much more credit uh, than what he has gotten and probably, you know, wanted him to get the head coaching nod. I, I thought he was on a fast track to being a head coach in this league, but it never got that opportunity. Uh, but he is someone that I would be very interested uh, in acquiring. Another name, which is a little bit of a controversial one, Daryl Bevel. You have people who love Daryl Bevel. You have people who hate Daryl Bevel. I'm interested with him. I think he did a pretty good job uh, in his last few spots. I know that they're going to point to, well, things were a disaster in Jacksonville. Yeah, they were, but he wasn't calling the plays. It was Urban Meyer who was calling the plays in 2021. And then they're going to point to how things flamed out in Detroit. What people fail to realize in games where Matthew Stafford played for the Detroit Lions, they were averaging 25 points per game. So when he had his quarterback, they were putting up points. 25 points per game would be like, I believe it's eighth in the NFL this season in 2022, if that's what it was. The, the Jets would be phenomenal. Imagine if the Jets scored 25 points per game. How many win? They'd be an 11-win team if that were the case. And then he spent time in Seattle, and he was really uh, big in developing uh, Russell Wilson before that. Uh, and even his first stop, or the one even before that, was with the Minnesota Vikings. And he actually, in 2009, when Brett Favre was there, that was arguably Brett Favre's best statistical year of his career. Uh, and and this guy was the OC. And I, I think I talked about it in my video with him earlier in the week where I said that I think some Jet fans are underrating him. He's had offenses where they've been a run-first offense. He's also had offenses where they've aired it out. In 2009 with Brett Favre, they're throwing. Before that, when they had a rotation of quarterbacks in Adrian Peterson, they ran the you-know-what out of the football. And then with Russell Wilson, they started out, they were running the ball like crazy, and then towards the end, they started to throw it a little bit more. So he's he's been able to do a little bit of both. I, I like Bevel. Is he a perfect option? I don't know if any of these guys are, but I think he's. you could do a hell of a lot worse than Daryl Bevel. Greg Olson is another interesting one. No, not the tight end. I initially thought that at first. I was like, wait a second. The tight end, the guy in the Fox booth. No, uh, he was the offensive coordinator for a large part of Derek Carr's uh, NFL career. 
Uh, and really, in 2020 and 2021 is when he had the most success, I would say, with Derek Carr. Um, th- those offenses, specifically in uh, 2021, I thought was was really solid. Um, he was 11th in yards, 18th in points, and then in 2020, he was 8th in yards, 10th in points. But again, that was some of the the better years with Carr. He struggled in uh, in Jacksonville in 2015 and 16. I don't think he was that great. Yeah, he was. Uh, let's see, 18th in yards, 14th in points, and then in 2016, 23rd in yards and 25th in points. But overall, I mean, if you're looking to land Derek Carr, which is an option for this Jets team i know everyone's you know big in on lamar right now and and i get it he's going to be in that conversation it seems like as well if you want to land Derek carr running it back with his offensive coordinator that he's put up some of his better seasons with would make sense it makes sense to me i don't know i i think i think he would be a, a pretty good option he has the experience again the thing that with some of these other guys that we're going to get into, they don't have play calling experiences. He's been an offensive coordinator in the league for 14 years. 14. The only year where he, from 2005 to 2021, he was an OC. The only years where he wasn't was 2017. He took a year off between Jacksonville and Oakland at the time, now Vegas. And 2000, oh no, a couple more times than that. 2000. Eight, I guess, with Tampa Bay. Uh, 2012 between Tampa and Oakland. But he's had, a, again, a, a ton of experience as a play caller. I think it's worth it. Next up on the list. Oh, God. Let's get into some of these guys who haven't called plays or had her have limited experience with it. Nick Cayley, we did a video specifically on yesterday. He's the tight ends coach for the New England Patriots. Why is my question? For what? What did he do in New England where it's like, oh my God, that that guy has to become a coordinator. He just has to. He had all that success with checks notes. Rob Gronkowski? Rob Gronkowski was already a Hall of Fame player by the time that he became the tight ends coach. He was an offensive assistant in 15 and 16, and then has been their tight end coach since 2017. He had Rob freaking Gronkowski at the position. And then outside of that, like Hunter Henry's been fine, but Jonu Smith, they paid big money to, and he hasn't done a damn thing since he's gone to New, to New England. I'm really all set with Nick Cayley. If, if Bill thought he was anything, he would have made him the offensive coordinator this past year. Instead, he made his friend who's a defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, and his friend who is a special teams guy and Joe Judge, the offensive, the guys in charge with running the offense. Didn't go well. Joe Brady is someone else the Jets are interested in. That's another name that I really liked a lot. I, I thought what he was able to do at LSU with Joe Burrow and helping Joe Burrow take that next step in his development. Because before 2019, Burrow going into that last season in college at LSU was not supposed to be a high high pick. He launched himself up to the number one overall pick because he had one of the best quarterback seasons in college football history. He was stellar. That team, that LSU team was just amazing. And Joe Brady was a large part of that. And then he gets on put on the staff with Matt Rule. And they have a little bit of success early on, and then things go pretty poorly. In the second half of their first year, they started to struggle. Christian McCaffrey was hurt. And then the second year, 
they were there. It was with uh, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold started out okay and then went off the rails and, and got hurt. So uh, Joe Brady has limited experience, but there's a lot of upside there. I He's probably not my favorite option for offensive coordinator. I would understand that one, though, a little bit more than some of these other inexperienced guys. Kevin Petullo, the uh, Eagles passing game coordinator, really all set there. Um, The guy hasn't had it. They don't have experience calling plays, which is a big, that's big. And I know that he was, he spent some time with the Jets. Great. He was an offensive assistant and a quality control coach with the the Chiefs in 07, 08, the Bills in 2010 and 11, an offensive assistant with the Bills in 2012, an assistant wide receivers coach in 2014. He was the quarterback's coach for the Jets in 2015 and 16. Which, okay, you got the Ryan Fitzpatrick year, which Fitzpatrick was a veteran at that point, so I don't know how much he's doing there. But Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg didn't do anything, and maybe that's not fair to to him because those prospects probably weren't any good. But he's been the the pass game coordinator for the Eagles this uh, for the last two years and a pass game specialist with the Colts in 2020, like, Again, you might as well have just kept Mike LaFleur then if this was the route that you were going to go. I don't get that one. And he's not the only guy like that on this list. Brian Johnson, who's also with the Eagles, is the quarterback coach. And yes, he's done a great job with Jalen Hurts. There's no denying that. And yet, at least with him, at least with Johnson, he's called plays, but it's at the college level. Do we know if he's going to be able to do it in the NFL? That's a massive risk. It's a massive gamble. I don't know. I, I can't tell you that. I have no idea. Pep Hamilton was terrible with the Texans. No, thank you. Quarterback coach, fine. Offensive coordinator, no. And the last name is Frank Wright. But is he going to take this Jets job? I don't know. I don't know what the likelihood is. He might. He very well could get a head coaching gig. Or now, it looks like the Chargers, so they move on from Lombardi, their offensive coordinator. But no news as of recording this right now on Tuesday evening about Staley. So the assumption, I guess, is that Staley's sticking. And if that's the case, how do you not go to the Chargers with Justin Herbert, who's an ascending quarterback? Frank Reich would be perfect there. They'd be silly not to. I I, I don't I want Frank Reich, but I'm, I'm struggling to see how he ends up here unless Woody Johnson opens that piggy bank and throws him a ton of money. So the offensive coordinator search is still very much in the mix right now. That's still a very big thing for this team. It's going to be the big story as well as the quarterback. And I'm sure we'll spend a ton of episodes this offseason talking about the quarterback spot. Uh, So I'm not going to go heavy into that right now. Instead, focusing on the offensive coordinator, because maybe just maybe the offensive coordinator that they hire is going to give some insight into who the quarterback for the New York Jets in 2022 is going to be. Let's talk about the playoffs before we get into your voicemails. A few things about the playoffs, some notes. I thought the games were good for the most part. There were only two real clunkers. The one last night or uh, two nights ago when you're by the time you're listening to this, uh, what we were able to see or not, I guess, able to see, but the effort that we saw from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady losing. Always nice to see Tom Brady lose. Um, But just what? the hell is Todd Bowles doing? How is he still a coach? Apparently he's going to go back there in 2023. They're going to bring him back. Why? 
Remember the storyline that, oh, the the Jets did wrong by Todd Bowles. They, they never had a good roster, which kind of true. But, I mean, 2015, they ended up winning. They still found their way to 10 games. He stinks. He still makes the same mistakes that he made when he was here with the Jets. Find someone who, here's what I'll say, tell you. This is a football show, but I want to give you some life advice right now. Find someone who loves you as much as Todd Bowles loves punting the football. The guy will never goes for it on fourth down. He is the most conservative coach I've ever seen in my entire life. They laid an egg at home to the Cowboys, 31-14. And I know that you know, the Cowboys, great, they were 12-5 and regular season, but they were limping down the stretch this year. The Bucks, they were only they were only eight nine. They they make it because they're in an awful division. I, I get all that, but you have you have Tom Brady, and a relatively you have a lot of weapons on that defensive side. The defense should be better than that, and they let up thirty one points. Dak Prescott was amazing in this game, amazing. The guy was a turnover machine pretty much all year, and he carved up the Bucks defense like it was the twenty twenty one Jets. First game was a clunker as well. 49ers steamroll the Seahawks. So the, the Geno story comes to a close. Um, I, I think he sticks there. Good for Geno. He played well this year for them. I think they're going to re-sign him. And who knows? Maybe they don't take a quarterback. I thought every, I think everyone thought they were going to uh, be in, in the tank mode for, for one of these young studs, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, one of those guys. But Geno was good. Maybe run it back and see if it works. They have a young roster, the rest of it. And then, you know, draft, use those first rounders on the defense. Their defense is terrible. That's what we learned. And the 49ers, man, how Kyle Shanahan is such a good play caller. It's unreal. Brock Purdy put up phenomenal numbers, and I don't think he really played that well. He missed some throws um, in this game. He looked a little inaccurate at times, but he finished 18 of 30. A 60% completion percentage, 332 yards, and three touchdowns. So he's started now. Or, well, even in the Miami game, he still played a lot. So let's see. Uh, is it going to do it like that? No, it won't. I got to do, hang on. Let's go. Let's go career game logs for Brock Purdy. And let's give me the last. Give me okay in the regular season. Will give me this one too. No, it won't. Well, I could do the quick math and add it. So he gave you, let's see, one thousand three hundred seventy-four yards plus another three hundred thirty-two in nine game in ten games. So over seven hundred seventeen hundred yards. The guy's been a, a a stud. He's been an absolute stud ever since he's come in and played. Here we go. In six games towards the end of the, the year, he threw for 218 yards per game, which isn't a ton. But paced out, his season paced out would be th- over 17 games would be 3,706 yards, 37 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He's throwing multiple touchdowns every week. There hasn't been a single game that he started where he's thrown less than two touchdowns. In a playoff game, he started Mr. Irrelevant, and he still threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns. Kyle Shanahan, you, are, you sir, are just unbelievable. You really are. And then Saturday night, oh my God, what an 
epic choke job from the jar the Chargers, number one. And then number two, a tale of two halves from Trevor Lawrence. First half meltdown. Four picks in the first half. Four. He was about that's a, some of the worst quarterback play I've ever seen. And then the second half, he ends up with four passing touchdowns in the game. They stormed back. They were down 27-0 and they won 31-30. Uh, how do you bring how do you bring Brandon Staley back? And then from the Jaguar side of things, Trevor Lawrence developing into a star and the coach still got it. Still got it. He's been a, he's been unbelievable for Trevor Lawrence. Doug Peterson aggressive, goes for two, plays with the big balls. Good football coach. I was wrong about him as a retread. I thought, you know, for for the Jets, he probably needs a year off was my take, which he ended up getting a year off. But I thought, you know, giving up a draft pick and trading for him or or signing him right after he was canned with how things ended there and what went wrong, I didn't know if that was the right call. Well, looks wrong. That looks wrong because look at what he's done in Jacksonville. He's been fantastic for them. Get to Sunday, the Bills win 34-31 over the Dolphins. The Dolphins gave a much better fight than I thought they would. I don't know about you guys, but I I thought the Dolphins were going to get blown out of the building. Uh, But you know what? To their credit, they didn't. They played a a really, really tight game. Um, And that was with Skylar Thompson at the quarterback position. As for Buffalo... Good team. Obviously, tough matchup coming up. We'll talk about who they're playing in a little bit here, but Josh Allen has had a ton of turnovers this year. He's had a ton of turnovers. And one more thing on this game before we move on. I don't think the Dolphins get enough uh, hate for how long they've gone without winning a playoff game. Everyone's LOL Jets, and they deserve it. They've they've have the longest active playoff drought in the sport. They haven't won a Super Bowl since 1968-1969 season. The Miami Dolphins, though, have not won a playoff game since 2000. 2000. That's 23 years ago. 22, really, because I guess it was January of 2001 was the last time. That they won a won a playoff game. 23-17 over the Colts. Wild card Saturday afternoon game. That's a long time ago. And they haven't made the playoffs a ton since then. They they made it one, two, three, four times since then. They're 0 in the four in the playoffs. They lost in the wild card in 01, lost in the wild card in 08. Lost in the wild card in 2016. Lost in the wild card in 2022. They deserve a little bit more hate than what they've got. And how about those Giants? 31-24 win over the Vikings. Kirk Cousins and that Vikings team. Just the ultimate frauds. It, it, it makes me upset that the Jets weren't able to beat them. They should have beat the Vikings. The, what a, the most fraudulent 13-4 and four team I've ever seen. And good for the Giants, such an extremely, extremely well-coached team. Uh, what they were able to get out of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, Brian Brian Dable by far is the coach of the year. I don't even think it's up for debate. I know Sirianni had a great year. 
Um, I, I know um, Doug Peterson's going to be in that conversation as well, but what Brian Dable got out of this roster and out of this team is nothing short of special. It's, it's remarkable. He's a hell of a coach. He's a hell of a football coach. And then the last one that we could talk about is Bengals-Ravens. What a crazy, crazy play. Right at the end. Right on the goal line. That turnover. Sam Hubbard picks it up, runs the other way. That The Ravens had all the momentum. It looked like they were going to go and win the game. And you end up losing 24-17 off of that play. And now the storyline is Lamar Jackson. Is Lamar Jackson gone? Is he going to leave? A lot of people believe so. A lot of people think the Jets are in on it. Uh, the, the Jets are going to be one of the favorites uh, to land him. So that's obviously something we're going to be keeping uh, keeping close tabs on. Uh, and this upcoming week, we have the divisional round. So if you want to get in on the action and do some gambling for the divisional round of the playoffs, I know I do. Please make sure to do so at BUSR.com, BUSR.com slash Matt to sign up and you get a 150% match deposit bonus up to 2,500 bucks. Get in on the action while you can and pick the games. You got a lot of really good ones. You got the Giants are taking on the Eagles. That should be fun. Divisional matchup. The Dallas Cowboys travel to San Francisco to take on the Niners in the AFC, the Bills and the Bengals. That should be a great game. And then you have the Chiefs and the Jaguars. Divisional round is always my favorite round of the playoffs, by the way. Just so happens that our favorite, our last favorite Jets memory came then. But I, you get really great football. It's some of the better teams. You weed out some of the crappier teams. Two games Saturday, two games Sunday. It's the best. I live for it. I love it. It's my absolute favorite. Without further ado, let's get into those voices. First up, we're going to go out to Vinny calling in from Peak Skill. He wants to talk quarterbacks. Let's do it. It's Vinny from Peak Skill. I'm just here right now watching your Fixing the Jets 2023 edition. And I agree with a lot of what you said. I agree with Derek Carr. And, you know, for people worrying at all, will he come to the Jets? Let's just look at the other teams that are, you know, quote, unquote, in the Derek Carr sweepstakes. Here is Fox Sports Oddsmakers. Colts, Jets, Bucks, Panthers, Saints, Commanders, Patriots. You can cross off the Colts. They're a dysfunctional, disorganized mess. And they have the fourth overall pick, so they're going young quarterback. Panthers, also a bit dysfunctional. David Tepper has not been a really good owner so far. Kind of can't turn off. Commanders, Dan Snyder, nothing more needs to be said. Bucks. Do you really do you think he really wants to follow up Tom Brady and you got a team that's looking to be on the downward trend and you also have really bad coach in Todd Bowles <laughs> Patriots he's had enough of the Patriot way with Josh McDaniels that don't think he really wants that so just leaves the Saints as your only real legitimate competition in the Derek Carr sweepstakes and I said if you really want to give yourself the edge to get Derek Carr you bring in his former offensive coordinator, Greg Olson. Olson worked with him five years, including his rookie year, and he's had his statistically best seasons under under Olson. Olson also worked with Robert Sala in Jacksonville, so they have that connection. Olson also was the quarterback coach for Jared Goff in 2017 when he had his breakout year. So if you did want to try to keep Wilson 
and hope that maybe you can turn some, turn him into something later on. He's a guy who's showing you he can revive seemingly bust quarterbacks. And another thing, obviously, you know, he's familiar with the four, with the West Coast offense. And like I said, if you're really because let's be real here, we're probably going to be competing with the Saints for Carr. So if you want to like sweeten the pot, you know, give yourself the edge. You gotta grab his former OC. That's all. And go Jet. Yeah, that's a good point. And thank you uh, for the call. And thank you for watching the video. That's always a fun one to do. The uh, my fix for the Jets. It's a it's a long one. It takes a lot to go to put into it. So if you haven't watched that one, please make sure to do that. Um, that's a good point to call out too. Uh, in 2017, what he was able to do as the quarterbacks coach for Goff. Goff looked completely lost as a rookie. His rookie season in 2016 started seven games, threw for 155 yards per game, five touchdowns, seven picks. The following year, 2017, 3,800 yards, 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions. 2018 would get better from there. And we we know we know the story with uh with, with Jared Goff and where where he is. But in that 2017 2017 season, what he was able to do, and I'm sure McVeigh obviously has, you know, a, a lot to do with that and has helped, you know, helped him in, in that regard, but significant, significant uh improvement from year one into year two. So I think that's a good point to bring up. And you're right, I don't think they are going to completely move on from Zach. I think they are going to keep him around and give off the uh, illusion at least that they're going to try to continue to develop him. If he does, great. If not, it is what it is at this point. But Olsen is a good name. It's one that I know you brought up a lot, Vinny, but I would not be upset with that. Let's do Nick calling in from D.C. He wants to talk about trading up for a quarterback. Hey, Matt. It's Nick from D.C. So I've got a I've got to take that might be a little early to be talking about this in January about the the draft just because, you know, the order isn't even fully set yet and everything. But i got to take that I think a lot of people won't agree with, but here's my pitch. My pitch is that we trade up, I'm talking, you know, a big package to get C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Now, maybe it's not possible Maybe there's too many teams that we're, you know, that we can't win the bidding war just because our assets are pretty, I would say, standard draft picks. You know, we're at 13, but I, I think we go all in and try to get Young or Stroud. I, I think, I think one, I think they're good players. I think they are much higher floor prospects than Zach Wilson, even you know Fields. Um, I, yeah, I was gonna say maybe Lawrence, but. Point is, I think we should trade up just because I I think long term trying to get a, a franchise solution is the best way forward. Um, I think Lamar Jackson is a little bit too risky and probably costs too much. I think Aaron okay. Rodgers is you know approaching forty and costs too much. Tom Brady is one hundred and forty and costs too much. And, and Derek Carr is probably the best option out there who would cost a lot, but maybe not in terms of draft draft assets and he would cost less than all those other guys I just mentioned. And he's decent. He is. He's a decent quarterback. I think people put too much on Derek Carr. Like, you know, they use like, you know, oh he's only one you know, never won a playoff game. He's only been one playoff game or whatever. It's like, well, he doesn't play defense and their defense always sucks. 
He's a good quarterback, but I just don't know if he is, if Derek Carr is really the one who can hoist the Lombardi for the Jets. Um, or even, you know, I just, I see the vision. We go 10 and 7 and either, you know, make the wild card and lose or don't, you know, or we go 8 and 9 and just miss the playoffs because we're decent and Derek Carr's decent, but <laughs> he's not the best quarterback ever. I, I don't know. Maybe this is a dumb take, but I just, I see the vision now. We, we, we have the same issue in 2024. We go, man, that was just such an up and down season. And we still don't have a long term answer at quarterback. So I don't know. That's just my take. Um, let me know what you think. Love the show. Good job. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's an interesting theory on, um, cause that's the biggest, that's a bigger swing, right? Like you, you get the rookie contract, you reset the rookie contract. Uh, hopefully, you know, you, you're trading up for a guy, but I wanted to, when, while you were talking, I, I was listening obviously, but I wanted to pull up the Rams trade up for Jared Goff, because I think that is probably the most comparable Right, because they were f- they had the fifteenth pick. The Jets have the thirteenth pick, uh, so it's two spots different. But they traded in twenty sixteen to move up from fifteen all the way up to one. It was okay. The Rams' first round pick, so that was pick fifteen. Two second round picks in twenty sixteen. A third round pick in twenty sixteen. So it was one, two, three, four, four picks in the same draft in the first three rounds, a first rounder in 2017, and then a third round pick in 2017. The Rams get a 2016 first overall fourth round pick in 2016 and a sixth round pick in 2016. So something relatively comparable to that the Jets obviously don't have two second rounders so would it be and they're also two spots ahead than the than what the Rams were so could a uh could it be this is again just spitballing off the top of my head first round pick this year second round pick this year Third round pick this year. First round pick next year. Second round pick next year. And then you get first overall, a fourth and a sixth, something like that. But also at the same time, I don't know. I'm not convinced that the Bears are going to want to fall that far back. Let's pull up the, the draft order right now. On Tankathon. That's where I always go. Tankathon NFL draft order. Chicago, Houston, Arizona, Indy, Seattle at five, Detroit at six, Vegas at seven, Atlanta eight, Carolina nine. Okay. Of the teams that I think are most likely to trade up, I think Indianapolis makes a lot of sense at four. I don't think Chicago wants to fall that far back. Because let's say, let's play the game for a second. Let's turn this into a draft show. Why not? If you imagine that, uh, let's use the Colts at four. They trade up to one. They're going to take Bryce Young. 
Pick number two is going to be C.J. Stroud because you know that the the Texans need a quarterback. That means you're locked into either getting Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. One of those two guys are going to be there because it's going to go quarterback, quarterback, and then one of those two guys. So you're getting a monster, monster piece on your defense. Do you want to move back to 13 and then take that take that risk? I don't know. I don't know if I'd be willing to do that. I, I don't think they're going to trade out of the, definitely not out of the top 10. I don't think anywhere past seven, even the, the Raiders are at seven. Maybe they'll want to do it. But if I'm the bears, I'm only moving back with like Arizona. Not that they would do it, but the Colts, the Colts, I would, that's where I'd look to go. Or maybe you pick swap with, uh, the Texans, maybe that that ends up being the move for them, but I don't think they're moving outside the top five. Sorry to poo-poo your idea. It's not a it's not a bad idea. It, it's just that is also risky because you're giving up a bunch of picks and you're hoping that it works with a rookie. You can't miss on three straight rookies, right? Hope not. I really hope not. Let's close out. We're gonna close out with Travis calling in from Ohio. He's got some. Uh, reaction and wants to talk about some cap casualties too okay let's do it hey matt what's up buddy hey buddy happy new year what's up man? i know i haven't called in a while i apologize i've been listening that love you hey i listened to your how to fix the 2023 jets and we did what we always do and i appreciate all your efforts on making the video i know it's not easy but I know you, Ryan, and a lot of the others like to cut guys, uh, build up salary cap. But you know that's not how it goes. Like we don't get our wish list, guys. And I know in an ideal world, that's what your post is going for and all that stuff. But, man, I don't want to just flat-out cut Corey Davis. Carl Lawson, um, a couple of the other guys, just because Joe Douglas proved that he could get stuff for Blake Cashman and all the other guys he traded off. So um, those are assets, and we got to, even if we only get like late round picks for them, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks, so what? They're off our books, and there are assets we can use to trade out to get our brief halls or other guys that we've got. So I I wouldn't be as hasty because those aren't horrible, horrible, horrible contracts. And maybe C.J. Mosley's is, but the dude went to a Pro Bowl. So, like, before we go out cutting people, let's, bring some guys in and see if we can trade them first. Like Joe, well, now if people trade with Joe, that's a whole nother story because he's fleeced half the leg. So that's working against us. But I just don't want to go out cutting people until we see what we got. So that's where I'm at with it. Love you, buddy. Go Jets. Bye. Thank you, Travis. Appreciate that. And I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I get it. It's hard to move on from those guys who are serviceable players. And mostly 
restructuring is definitely an is an option on the table with him. Uh, the the tr- I think the reason why it would be hard to trade guys like Corey Davis and Carl Lawson is, is because the money that these teams are going to have to take on. Um, comparatively, well, Blake Cashman was still on his rookie deal, so he didn't. His cap hit was so very low. Where Corey Davis, you'd be having to give up a draft pick to get him, and then he's still going to cost you because his base salary next year is ten point five million. So it's going to be. million that that team is going to have to um, pay Davis, and that's what his cap hit is going to be on that team. Now, uh, would they want to do that? I I, I don't know if you do after his last season and after his injury history. I'm not saying that Davis can't be a a depth guy on, on a team somewhere, but he's played nine games and 13 games in each of the last two years and he has 492 yards in nine games in 2021 and then 536 in 13 games in 2022 with the Jets that's his mo he misses a lot of time he missed five games as a rookie he missed two games in 2020 in his best year when he had 984 yards he's a solid receiver but I don't know if someone's gonna want to say I'll give up a, a pick even a late round pick to take on that deal. And the same thing could kind of be said about Carl Lawson. I believe his most of his money is also base salary, right? Yeah. He has his prorated bonus is 33 333,333. Um so that'd be 15 million dollars that someone's going to have to take on. If you want to restructure Lawson, okay. I could consider restructuring Lawson and not lose him for nothing. That's that's reasonable. That's fair. But I, I don't... I'd be very surprised, I guess. That's probably the better way of wording it. I'd be very surprised if someone would give up even a late-round pick for either of those contracts. And I think that's, that's the difference. And while they are, without a doubt, better players and can contribute to your team, unlike a Blake Cashman... <laughs> They cost exponentially more against the cap. That's why. And it's all about saving that salary cap space. That's going to do it for me on this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to Just Jets. Please make sure to subscribe wherever you get the show on YouTube in audio form. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I will talk to you next time.